welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I am so excited to share today's episode with you, and I'm not lying when I say this is one of the best episodes I have ever recorded with an expert guest, and my mind was just blown. I've been following this person for years now, and I have recently gotten more into the the role of the lymphatic system, the benefits of the lymphatic system for my own health, because this is such a common overlooked factor. I don't know why we weren't taught this in depth. I mean, we were taught like the basic things at college and even in the holistic functional medicine world now, we still hear about the lymphatic system, but it's just not enough. It's just not deep enough. And there's some really simple, basic things that you can be doing to help with lymphatic flow, which is then going to have a knock-on effect on the entire rest of your body, allow you to balance your hormones, detox your liver, heal your gut. So the person I had on the show today, and there's no better person than Dr. Perry Nicholson. He is the lymph doc, a chiropractic physician with a primary focus now on treating pain, chronic pain and inflammation via the lymphatic system and the vascular system. He is a 1997 graduate from Palmer Chiropractic University and a master fitness trainer with over 25 years experience in the health industry now. He is the owner of Stop Chasing Pain. He's an international speaker and educator of the Self-Care Mojo series, which he talks about. So he has all of these different programs, lymphatic mojo, blood, blood flow, tongue, lymphatic, visceral, vagus nerve, and primal movement. So if you want to learn more, I can guarantee that you will. You're definitely going to want to follow him if you're struggling with chronic pain specifically. But if you're dealing with chronic illness or you just want to be optimally healthy, this is going to be such an amazing podcast for you. So we start off talking about how he transitioned from chiropractic care and why he became so fascinated with the lymph. And it all came back to his own health struggles, like he does with a lot of us as practitioners. We discuss the role of the lymphatic system, why it's important for health, symptoms of dysfunction, how it connects to other systems in the body, like the immune system, the nervous system, the three things that you need to heal and be healthy, the role of emotional stress and how that can reside in the body and contribute to chronic pain, and also the importance of proper hydration because your lymph and your blood is primarily water. So we need to make sure that we're hydrated as possible. And I always talk about the, with hydration, it's not just about how much water you're drinking. It's about the minerals 
that you have in the body, your electrolyte balance. It's about the quality of the water because we don't really want to be drinking tap water if we can help it. So this is a two hour podcast. So strap yourselves in. I would recommend making some notes as you go through or maybe listening to this a few times. I'm definitely going to do that just to let everything sink in. Sometimes you have to hear things multiple times before it really, really takes hold. But he is just a fascinating speaker, educator, one of my favourite people to follow in the health and wellness world. And I shared that with him at the end. <laughs> I felt like I was really fangirling, but yeah, he deserves he deserves the love. So I won't leave you waiting any longer. Here is my interview on the lymphatic system, the wonders of the lymphatic system with Dr. Perry Nicholson. Hello, Dr. Perry. Welcome to the Homeless in Harmony podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited and blessed to be here. Good. You've been on my list of like ideal guests to have. And I feel like I couldn't jump straight into lymphatic stuff a while ago because I was just kind of wrapping my own head around it. It's not something that we learned in detail at college. So I feel like I wanted to save you until I learned a little bit more so I could ask you the the juicy question. So I feel like now is a good time. I'm kind of doing this also for my own benefit, but I always do this with, with guests and my audience ends up benefiting from the questions I ask as well. So I definitely want to cover some basic stuff today, like what is the lymphatic system, signs of dysfunction, um, but then we can get a little bit deeper talking about even the role of like emotional health, the vagus nerve. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see where we end up today. But I would love to know, I've heard your story before on how you got into this, but just so if anyone's brand new to your work, how did you get into specializing in the lymphatic system and just working in like healthcare in general? That's a great question. You know, we were chatting a little bit before we came on and recording and you were sharing some of your journey and mine was very similar, honestly, um, through my own pain and suffering and having conditions and diagnoses and stuff like that, that I was not able to heal from in the traditional approaches, if you will, of stuff that's supposed to work, but didn't work at all. Sometimes it made me worse or nobody had any answers. And then uh, I realized, okay, I have to start thinking a lot differently than I'm doing now in relationship to my own health and what I'm trying to do to restore it. That's honestly what it was. I hit a a serious form of rock bottom where I had to decide I'm going to give up and accept this thing or I'm going to fight back. And for me, fighting back was learning to think differently. Okay. And that's when I found lymphatics because it was a system that I honestly was never looking at. So that's really important here because many people stay, um, you know, in the quicksand of inflammation and whatever kind of label that they have. And they're going back and say, okay, well, this helped this person, this helped that person, but they still struggle. Why is that? Well, there's something missing mm -hmm. somewhere. And mine was the lymphatic system. And how did I know that? When I started to do some lymphatic work, just a little bit, like honestly, just paying attention to it and doing a little bit of strategic releases in very specific places. I kid you not, within three days, I was 50% feeling better, wow. different. And that's exactly the same reaction I had. Whoa. This is, oh, I what may be honest. What dealing with? 
Uh, you name it. <laughs> yeah. Easier Honestly. asking what, what were you not struggling with? Yeah, well, a lot of it was inflammation in the body, which can cause you want to pick a symptom out of the universe, you can get it when you have underlying inflammation in the body, because underlying inflammation is the number one cause of chronic disease and whatever diagnosis you want to label it with. Mine was um, a lot of pain and discomfort. Brain fog was a huge one. Okay, like brain fog is the number one sign you're headed quick fast and in a hurry to something bad all right and a lot of people have brain fog that automatically signals to me poor lymph flow and poor blood flow period right where yes is the answer pretty much everywhere and um i was just not getting better from things that that's a big one you, you know all the symptoms just kept coming back. Uh, a lot of sinus issues, mucus production, you know, snipping a ton, clearing my throat. And then I start to think about, okay, those are symptoms of what? Your body is trying to fight something or protect you from something. Those are all protective responses. It's coding things and trying to move stuff where? Out. Out. Well, if stuff is stuck inside of you and can't get out, and if the lymph system doesn't work well and your blood flow system doesn't work well, that's exactly what happens. And then your body has to find a solution. First of all, I want to reframe symptoms. Symptoms are a solution to a problem that your body is trying to take care of so you don't suffer more and you don't die. You just have to figure out, okay, why are you choosing this one? Why is it there? And why do you keep doing it? Because you're probably missing something. And mine was the uh, lymphatics. And once that changed for me, that was the spark, if you will, that my wounds up to that point became my calling. And I knew for me that, okay, I have to learn everything I can about the lymphatic system, but not just that link it to all of the other systems of the body and then do my best for the rest of my life to share that knowledge with other people. Because this is what I realized. I was really sick. I was really suffering and I'm in the healthcare profession. So I know a lot of stuff about the body, but even myself, I got sick and even through all that knowledge, I wasn't able to get better. And then when I found the lymph, I was like, holy cow, how, how did I not know this? First of all, nobody told me about it. Or if they did, it was just in passing. No big deal. How in the world would I expect anybody else out in the world who's suffering to have any idea about it whatsoever? Yeah. And I was the same trying and to heal my guts. And instead yeah. of just continually... Focus, focusing on the gut, obviously it's not fixing the problem. So instead of doing another gut healing protocol, you're either, you're, you're probably missing something and the lymphatic can be a huge one, especially for gut symptoms. People people might think, oh, it's just edema, swelling, or if I've got, um, if I've had my lymph nodes removed because I've had cancer, then maybe I've got a lymph problem. But when it comes to digestive issues or when it comes to acne and eczema, people would never consider the lymph. Like people don't even nope. know what it is. 
No, they don't link it at all. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Most people only think about the lymphatic system, typically in two cases. One, when you have a condition called lymphedema, where something is going amok, if you will, with the valves of the lymph and they're not functioning well, you can be born with it as a genetic issue called primary lymphedema, or most of them are secondary lymphedema. I mean, it's acquired through life. And one of the things, for instance, is like breast cancer removal, surgery, stuff like that. So you see a body part, usually legs or an arm, sometimes both, most of the time just one, that get really swollen. Okay. Then you know something's up. But if people don't have that, they don't look at it. The other one is the C word, the cancer word. You know, when you have uh, cancer and limp issues, and then I'm going to contend maybe your limp issue was a problem long ago, and that's why you got cancer in the first place. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't have cancer, I don't have anything, so I'm good to go. Uh, not so much. So I think everybody has something that uh, needs work with their lymphatic system, even if they don't know it yet. How you know it is you have symptoms, you name them, that don't go away and keep coming back. That's a big one, right? And uh, the lymph system is something that if you begin to take care of it on purpose, what, what I mean is with intention, you can make a huge difference. Because here's the little secret. Everything you do all the time impacts your lymphatic system. You just don't know that it's impacting it and how to take care of it on purpose. When you figure that out, uh, put your seatbelt on because <laughs> your life's about to change. Okay. It's, it's the most important system in the body without question that people don't know about, uh, don't work on it or don't know how to. And I love that you, you've ex like you're an expert in the lymphatic system, but you don't just focus on that. Like some people do, they're like, I know everything that I need to know about hormones, but they completely then forget about all of the connections to gut health or the brain or the skin. So it's good that you're yeah. still working in this very holistic way and you know how other systems impact the lymph and vice versa. Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I want to say a key phrase that I use before I teach any class. I teach to all my clients. I say it on social media all the time, all the time because it's always new to somebody who doesn't know it yet. And I say it on every podcast or interview that I do. And it's this. No system in the body ever works alone. Never gets injured alone. Never heals alone. There's no such thing as an isolated injury in the body. There's no such thing as isolated healing. The body is one piece. It's all or nothing until lights out. So what you mentioned before is that, yeah, you can go after the lymphatic system. Just the awareness that you should will change your life because you can't control something until you become aware of it. That's step number one, right? It's in your sphere of, holy cow, I didn't know it was there. But whenever you work the lymph, I got news for you. You're impacting all the other systems of the body, right? Your blood flow system, your organs, your nervous system, your immune system, your musculoskeletal system. Whenever you do anything, they're all on board. You can't isolation is fantasy land. You can't do it. But unfortunately, guess what the medical model is? Isolation. Mm. Okay. 
and that works for this problem and the chronologist for this problem and and no one's like connecting the puzzle pieces yeah so listen that works in a great model if i hit your shoulder with a hammer well a equals b i know what the cause was and i know i better fix your shoulder right uh but you may have some issues after that if that's all you do but that's not what is taking out human beings today what's taking them out chronic diseases chronic pain that come on went slowly they don't just jump you overnight even though it seems like that okay so i always ask my clients why now why today why were you good yesterday and today you're a hot mess what's up with that all right that tells you one thing. It's a slow process that built up over the course of your life since the day you drew a breath. So your history matters. And why today? I'm going to tell you why. Because your body lost the ability to compensate and adapt, heal itself, and become resilient. It got overloaded too much, right? Because the body's designed to heal itself so you can go about your life and enjoy your life. So when the capacity to compensate and adapt runs out, your body has to tell you that one way. A big way is pain. I'm going to hurt you, right? And the other one are symptoms. And they come on slowly over time. But what do we do with symptoms in the world today? Oh, I'm just going to shut them down. I'm going to take a pill. I'm going to do this. I'm going to rub something on it so I don't feel it today. Or I'm just going to ignore it and say maybe it goes away until it doesn't. Right? And even that stuff only lasts so long, and then it comes back. So what you do is you have to go back and look at a lot of years prior to somebody complaining of an issue, and you better be checking your lymphatic system with it. Because here's what I know. If you have an autoimmune disease, if you have chronic pain, or you have inflammation in the body, and I don't care what diagnosis you label yourself with, I know you got a lymph problem. Now, it may not be your only problem, but I can tell you this much. It's going to be in the math equation somewhere. And you need to take care of it for all of the other systems to work well. Because you'll find that the lymphatic system is kind of the master key for all of the other ones. And I think it's probably a good idea to tell people what in the world the lymphatic system is and what its job is at this point, right? Because most people are like, okay, I know it's really big. But what what is it? Let's let's take a step back. Let's get back to the science. What is the lymphatic system? And I love the fish tank analogy that you share. Oh yeah. I'm going to give you a couple of analogies. Okay, love it. Good analogy. So lymph is fluid, first of all, right? And uh, in my world, nothing works well in your body without fluid flow. That's lymph flow and blood flow. Lymph is part of two primary systems. It is the most important part in my world of your immune system. So its job is to trap things that make its way into your body from outside or it gets stuck in there. Uh, so your immune cells can scan it. So you have lymph nodes in your body and lymph nodes are, think of them as many toilets that flush waste out. You got about 600 or 700 of them in your body. Most are located in your gut and in your neck. And I want you to hold on to that because that's really important for later. And the, it gets trapped in there. 
And then the immune system sends all these cells in there to read it and scan it and then tell your immune system what to do about it. It's almost like scanning something at the supermarket. So I know if I bought apples or if I bought cereal, if I, because you don't want to scan the wrong thing. <laughs> but what happens is it reads everything and then your immune system starts to attack things and kill it. So it also gets rid of waste that's inside of the body that needs to get out. So think of it as a drainage system. Okay, If that system stops working, it's like your toilet gets backed up in your house and you can't get waste out. Think about how nice it's going to be living in your house. Uh, not so much, right? That's the same thing with your body. And then things begin to fall apart. So if you have an immune system issue, which is chronic pain and autoimmune, limp, limp, limp. However, it's also a part, and this is where many people forget, your vascular system, your blood flow system. So the lymph ultimately drains its end product called plasma into the veins of the body. Okay? So the lymph and the veins were formed together and just had an offshoot with each other when you were developing as an embryo. And the veins also remove waste from the body. Okay, And then the arteries and the veins work together. You know that is blood flow, right? Stuff into the heart, stuff out of the heart. So blood flow can send what to all of your tissue? Oxygen. oxygen, nutrients. How about those hormone things? Mm -hmm. How in the world do you think hormones get to their target? Mm -hmm. You should be seeing blood flow or some kind of fluid right about now. Yeah, you could be making plenty of thyroid hormone, but if it's not got anywhere to go, if it can't travel properly, then you're still going to have deficiency. Bingo. <laughs> deficiency. Right? It's like, can your body actually use it? And then here's what I want people to understand. What happens after your body uses it if it gets it? It should be. It creates some type of synapse, some types of metabolic process, some type of energetic occurrence, right? And whenever you do that, what do you make? Waste. waste. And then the waste goes where? Floats around inside of you until it can get out. And how does it get out? Well, you pee it out, and that's going to be primarily through the lymphatics that deliver it there. You can poop it out as well, and then you breathe it out, and you sweat it out. Those are primary ways that, that you get it out of your system called detoxification, all right? But here's what all people understand, is that if you have a backed-up lymphatic system because it, it becomes just overwhelmed in time. It's, nobody has done anything on purpose to take care of it. It's like neglect. I mean, if you use your car all the time, you didn't do anything at all to take care of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an issue, okay? Then the immune system goes bananas, but then also blood flow decreases. And then when blood flow decreases, I'm going to tell you this much, something's going to hurt <laughs> and something's not going to get better because you will not, and this is, I'll stand by this until I'm dead. 
You will not heal if you can't get adequate blood flow to tissue and you can't get waste out. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's fundamental basic physiology that everything else depends on those two things. So if you can get that checkbox first, what I'm going to contend is those 500 other processes that everybody's going after will probably take care of themselves. And why are people not getting better when they do the 500 other things? Because they're doing the 500 other things first. Mm -hmm. You need to do those two big ones. Yeah, first. they're looking at the, their omega fatty acid balance. They're looking at the magnesium deficiency and all of these things. When if there's not this basic like transactional process happening, then it's going to be a waste. Yeah. So this leads into something really, really cool. So now I'm getting excited. <laughs> now, I learned most of my influence in my career has come from traditional classical osteopathic medicine from Andrew Taylor Still, who was the founder of that. And they talked about blood flow, lymph flow, and arteries a lot to together. Because holy cow, guess what? They all work together. All the systems of the body. Who would have yeah. thought? <laughs> right? And who would have thought? And there was a you know when you see something and then it just sinks in and you have to take a moment and you go, that's it. That's it. It was three words that transformed everything that I do. And it's this. I'm going to say it twice because it's that important. Drainage precedes supply. Drainage precedes supply. So what does that mean? What's the word precede mean? Comes before. Cool. So let's think about drainage to supply. So supply is blood flow, like artery flow, right? I'm going to supply nutrients and oxygen. So let me ask you a question. How do you get nutrients and oxygen into the body? You eat them. You eat it, right? It's the supplements. It's the food. And it's what? Oxygen. Breathing, right? And that's what people pay attention to. I'm going to give you these breathing techniques. I want you to eat this food. Don't eat that food. Take these supplements and not these supplements or take 500 supplements, right? That's the supply side. Going in, going in, going in. So what did we just say before? Just because it's going in doesn't mean it's actually doing anything. Can it get to where it needs to go? Yes or no? If you're sick, I'm telling you it's not. So what's the drainage side? Making sure that's the waste flowing. side. Mm -hmm. That's the movement of the, I call it muck, out. That is lymph flow and the other side of the artery flow, vein flow. Because the veins are how you get out what? Carbon dioxide, waste, right? You breathe it out. And then the lymph removes the stuff that's too big to get out through the veins, so the lymph is the heavy bulldozer lifter of all the stuff that's trying to take you out, right? So then I thought to myself, this is what I was missing. I was going after every nutrition program. I'm trying this supplement. I'm trying that supplement. I'm doing exercise, which is great. But I was not doing anything on purpose and intentionally to do the drainage side first. So that's why I felt so much better because when I did the lymph, I did that first, started to get the muck out. And now guess what? All that oxygen, all those nutrients, all that food now says, 
hey, Perry, this is freaking awesome. Thank you very much. Now I can actually go and do what I need to do. And then you don't have to teach the body how to heal itself. It knows how to heal itself. It just doesn't have the supply route, supply chains to actually do so. And people say, can it really be that simple? Yeah, it really is that simple, but that's how physiology works because there's about a trillion things that happen after those first two. And I bet you don't even need half of that stuff that you're putting in there, but the body can just work better on its own. Yeah, well, listen, it's when somebody's sick and they have poor blood flow and poor lymph flow or their nervous system is just massively taking a hit, through chronic stress in their life, the body is overwhelmed, right? Because they, they don't have time. They're not healing and they're not recovering. That's the world we live in today. It's called sympathetic dominant fight or flight hyper arousal, right? Just always switched on, right? And you're not going to heal when you're that way. And when, when you're stuck in that mode, all of those systems become locked down and one of the things that you'll find is that that when you're full of all this uh muck and inflammation that feeds that fight or flight response even more so what i'm trying to say is that people when they try to get better when they're sick i've been there you don't want to be sick you're tired of suffering you see something that helps somebody else and then listen you're in a thousand and one percent and you're committed but what you i usually find is this they're overwhelming an already overwhelmed system that can't tolerate what you're doing to it even though it's quote unquote good hang on for this one this is really important maybe they need that stuff in six months time but maybe they have to spend like do the prep work first it's not like they're yes. on the wrong track it's maybe they do need to heal the gut and balance the thyroid but they have to like do step one first yeah so as opposed to like tapping a sledgehammer instead right mm -hmm. and and that's never going to work out well because even what therapeutic interventions stuff that you're doing to help yourself they are also stressors to your body and when you can't tolerate stress even the good stuff overwhelms you right and then when the body gets overwhelmed, what does it think? Think logically. What what does it usually do when it's overwhelmed? It's got a couple of options. One, um, I'm going to push back on you harder. Right? I'm going. You're coming at me hard. Guess what? I'm going to come at you hard. Think about a relationship in your life. If you are screaming in somebody's face, they're probably going to scream right back to you. Right? And the other one, another option, though, is that I can come at you really, really hard and the body does what? Shuts down. It shuts down. It shuts down. It doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything, right? And that's what happens if you can scream in somebody's face. They're going to shut down. They're not going to communicate with you. Or I can come at you really, really hard and then you run the other way. You just, you just run away. That means you go further away from where you are. So the moral of the story is don't do too much, too fast, too soon to heal yourself just because it's good. That's one of the biggest things that I find is people are overwhelmed with their lymphatic system. 
and they have poor blood flow. And I'm going to make this really simple for you. If you are struggling to get better and you can't get better and they can't find anything on your x-rays, your MRI, or your blood test, I already know it's lymph and blood. Period. Because you're not going to find those on a test. Mm -hmm. I'll find them when I touch the body because you're going to have pain and you won't like it. Are there any lab markers so that, to... that you test just to see, is there an issue with like circulation, blood flow, or stagnation with the lymph? Any like detox markers or? Not really. Not really. I mean, <laughs> you can look at, you can look at cytokine panels, you know, which are inflammatory proteins. Okay. But you got to remember that lymph's number one job is to eliminate proteins from the body. So here's, if you have a cytokine issue, already know you got a blood flow problem and a lymph flow problem, right? So from there, but you're not going to see a test that says, okay, your, your lymph system needs uh, help yeah. unless it gets to a severe point where, you know, your immune system kicks in and your lymphocytes are really, really high. Um, but you got to remember that your lymph system is supposed to get puppy and swollen when you're sick because this job is to kill things, but it you don't want it to stay there. It needs to calm down again, just like inflammation. Inflammation isn't bad. You need it. Otherwise, you would die way sooner. It's just chronic incessant inflammation that doesn't go away is what does that. And then there's many people who have uh, normal blood work and they can't get out of bed. Mm. There's people who have chronic pain in the body and they're like, I can't see a single thing on your x-ray or your MRI. So I don't understand why your back hurts. I know why your back hurts. Because you got poor blood flow and you got poor lymph flow and your nervous system's a hot mess. And you have to work with both. So, you know, when you when you have your um nervous system is kind of the driver of everything. Many people know that, you know, the brain and then the spinal cord and the nerves, that's called the central nervous system, then the peripheral nervous system, right? And then you have what's called your autonomic nervous system. Autonomic means it functions automatically without you thinking about it. As a side note, the number one way to control your autonomic nervous system is intentional breathing, controlling your breathing. That's why it can change your life. But you have part of those are called your sympathetic nervous system. That's the fight or flight, hypervigilance, hyperarousal, locked in, like post-trauma, post-PTSD. Many people experienced this from the, the zombie apocalypse that just recently happened, right? <laughs> they're, they're stuck in that, right? And uh, when you do that, the body actually um, constricts blood flow and slows blood flow in the body. And you have excess tension when you're in fight or flight. So think about that for a moment. What happens if I constrict the pipes that are leaving the drainage from your home? right? Well, then it starts to slowly backflow over time. And the same thing happens with your body. You don't feel it right away. You'll feel it slowly over time because you're decreasing blood flow and you're decreasing lymph flow. And then you're going to get inflammation in the body between the, between the cells of the body. This is called interstitial fluid. And I'll go to the fish tank analogy in a second. I'm going to explain that because it's important for people to realize. And that fight or flight it's going to shut down blood flow to your organs, particularly your gut. Why? Because digestion is part of your parasympathetic nervous system. That's They call it the wine, dine, feed, breed. That means eat, relax, have nice conversations, procreate, heal, recover, chillaxin. 
Okay. It's like a scale. They have to work together. When you're stuck in fight or flight, you can't have healing at the same time. It's either or. Now that makes a whole heap of sense because it's hard to heal when you're dead, right? So the ultimate goal is don't die. Happiness and feeling no pain doesn't matter, but at least you're living. Okay. So, because the brain says, dude, you, we don't have time to digest anything. We got to get away. So I'm going to send the blood flow to your arms and your legs. I'm going to take it away from your gut. Well, what lives in your gut? Your immune system, right? Most of your immune system, 70 to 80% of it lives in your gut. And guess what else lives there? Most of your lymphatics. Why do you think that is? Because it's the biggest part of your immune system. So when stuff breaks through the gut, the immune system takes the hit. The lymph takes the hit. So guess what else happens? What do you think happens to the gut when it has poor blood flow over days, weeks, months, or years? It, it breaks down. Well. Yeah. You're going to get leaky gut, malabsorption syndrome, and you're going to get some kind of itis, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, you know, you name it. Okay. What does itis mean? Inflammation. When you say inflammation, you better be thinking lymphatics. Now, where are a lot of your hormones and your neurotransmitters created? In your gut and what's called your enteric nervous system, which is the third part of your autonomic nervous system. And that's got a kind of the, it's a, I call it the AI of your body. It kind of does its own thing all the time. But that's where things like serotonin and dopamine live. And when you hit your gut from poor blood flow and poor lymph flow, you're eventually going to have a brain issue, neuroinflammation. And you need a lot of hormone connection up in your brain, yeah? And the hypothalamus, right? And that's where the fight or flight kind of system lives as well. So they find people who have things like Parkinson's, it starts in the gut way before it hits the brain. Like chronic constipation may be one of the early signs that you got some issues that are heading up top. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you, why in the world do you have constipation? Then you better be coming back to blood flow and lymph flow. So those, those always go together. So what I want people to realize who work lymphatics is you're never just working lymphatics. So the, the autonomic nervous system and the lymphatic system and the blood flow systems always work together. So I have a three-step approach to my work. It's really simple. I have to calm the body down first. That's through autonomics, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Parasympathetic, people know of the vagus nerve, right? That's the relaxation because the vagus nerve goes to the gut and controls digestion and inflammation in the body, okay? So you have that vagal side and then you have that sympathetic nervous system side. So I have to calm the body down first because you can't heal if you're stuck in what? Fight or flight. That first. When I do that, tension relaxes. When tension relaxes, what automatically moves better? Fluid, blood flow, and then lymph flow. So for me, it's calm the body, move the fluids, heal. Bang, bang, boom, right? Those three first. And when you do that, all these amazing things start to happen. So my, my program is called body aquarium lymph mojo. Okay. So I use the 
the toilet analogy is really good for lymphatics of, you know, these lymph nodes are many toilets and you flush them to get waste out. But I like the fish tank analogy the most. So think about it this way. Your body is mostly water. And most of your organs are mostly water. And lymph, depending on the resources that you read, is 90 to 95% water. So if you're dehydrated, you already have a blood flow problem and a lymph flow problem because your blood is mostly water too. I find most people in this world are dehydrated. They don't drink enough water. So your body is like a walking aquarium. And what what are the, if you look into an aquarium, you have fish, right? You have different kinds of fish. Well, that's your body. You have cells, trillions of them. So you have trillions of different kinds of fish in here, and they all have to live together as an ecosystem. So you have this beautiful fish tank with cells in there. And usually you see up in a corner, what? Like this little filter with bubbles coming in. Well, first of all, that's moving the water, yeah? You don't want stagnant water because stagnant water breeds what? Disease. And then what's that putting into the water? Oxygen. Right? That's like blood giving oxygen. And, you know, we feed the fish. That's the food that you eat. And then the fish eat it. And then what do the fish do after they eat? They poop in the same water. Well, that's what your body does. All of those cells that you have, they poop too. It's called metabolic waste. Now, what do you not see that's the most important part of the tank? Because it's sitting under the tank and it's hidden and nobody really looks at it. Because, oh, look at the pretty tank. <laughs> the filters underneath. Lots of them. That's your lymphatic system. So let's say this. What happens if the filter system underneath the tank starts to have an issue? doesn't stop altogether, but stops having an issue. You don't see stuff right away, do you? No. But slowly over time, you start to see these things growing on the glass. Or, dude, is your, when's the last time you cleaned your tank? It's a little mucky in there. What starts to happen? Oxygen goes down. And then when oxygen goes down, guess what comes out? Bad stuff. You get fungus, bacteria, parasites, viruses. Guess what? Because they're always inside of you. And what's the system that keeps them at bay? Say you're immune. But now it's starting to shift. Low oxygen, they thrive on that stuff. They love that stuff. The next thing you know, the fish start to get things growing on them or they what? Die. Now, this is how modern medicine thinks in relationship to chronic disease. Like, oh, okay, stuff's happening inside of the tank. So let's do this. One, you can just throw something in there as a solution to clear it up. That's like a medication. And it'll last for a little bit until it doesn't, Right. Or what they'll do is they'll say, okay, I'm going to take all that water out. I'm going to clean the tank and I'm going to put fish in. And I'm going to give you even new fish. And they say, look, bing, bang, boom. Everything's good, right? Maybe. But what usually rears its head again? Dude, this thing's coming back again. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and it keeps coming back. What are you missing? Look underneath where nobody's looking. 
It's out of sight. Clean that and then do the others. Then what happens? The fish are, this is it. Great, right? So that's how the lymphatic system works. If you don't take care of the piping underneath, I don't care what you do to the inside of that tank. It's not going to last. And that is what I've been looking for for 30 years. Why does stuff keep coming back? Do limp first, clear blood flow first, and then go the other way. Now here, I'm going to hang one last thing. Then I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> we said that limp is located mostly in your gut. Big part of it. The other place is the neck. Now you've got between 600 to 700 lymph nodes in the body. They'll change depending on the resource that you read. I just want you to know it's more than one node. One third of that number. So let's say one third of 700 is from the neck up. So let's just step back for a moment and think, why would the body be designed that way? What's that tell you? That the neck is probably super duper uber important for your overall survival. Because those nodes drain your neck, your head, your face, and your brain. If they get clogged, your brain gets clogged. If your brain gets clogged, what do you get in your brain? Inflammation, neuroinflammation. And when you get neuroinflammation in the brain and low oxygen in the brain, because the brain uses most of your oxygen and it is one of the most highly metabolically energy expensive places in your body. It burns about 25% of the total energy in your body. So when something burns a lot of energy, what does it make a lot of? waste. So if I inflame the brain, I just inflamed the master controller of all the other systems in the body and how the hormones are actually going to function in your brain. And can they go from one place to another here? So if I clear the lymph nodes here and I clear the gut here and I improve the flow to the brain and away from the brain, then the brain starts to come back. Vitality comes back. Nerve flow and function everywhere comes back. And then you say to yourself, Doc, this is the craziest thing in the world. But you know what? That foot that's been bothering me for five years actually feels better. And you didn't do anything to my foot. <laughs> what is up with that? I just told you why. Now, I still want you to treat your foot. But you never treat it alone. Because what did I say? All those systems, right? That's a really big thing I want for people to understand because you have to remember that from your head to your toe, it's, it's one thing. It's got a lot of different names. It's got a lot of different body parts and it's called systems. But your body doesn't know what in the world those things are. Those are human-made terms. So your body doesn't know that it has a hamstring or a foot. It just knows, hey, man, I'm one piece, and I need you to start treating me that way and looking at me that way. If you start with the limp, 
I'm really going to help you out because the lymph controls what? The fluid tank that all those painful cells, what? Live in. That's kind of a super duper uber big deal. Oh, yeah. I feel like people listening to this will have more knowledge on the lymph than the local doctor. And that is crazy to think. Yeah, well, here that is a scary thing because there's people in the healthcare profession that don't know much about the lymph or they study just one thing, right? Because I have some people that are very brilliant in certain fields that may study pain science or the brain, but they're really good at looking at the brain. And then I talk about the lymph and then they say, what are you talking about lymph for? Because that matters in relationship to brain health because they just discovered that you have lymph at the brain and brain health is dependent on lymphatic health and, and not for nothing, but here, I don't know if many people know this. It's kind of a cool geeky moment that you have these layers on the brain called the meninges. And up until recently, like a year ago or two, we only found three layers. So all the time we've been talking anatomy and physiology in the brain, say, okay, you got three layers to the brain. Well, oopsie-daisy, they just found a fourth. And the reason they found it is because they were missing it because it's really, really thin, and they didn't have the technology to see it. That's a lesson right now to say, just because you can't find it doesn't mean it's not there. And that fourth layer they found separates the clean brain fluid called cerebrospinal fluid from the dirty. Wow. And it's called the S-L-Y-M, slime. I believe it's <laughs> subarachnoid. Sub means below. Arachnoid is one of the layers of the meninges. Lymphoid-like tissue or lymphoid-like membrane. Slime. So because it acts like the lymph. And it, what it will ultimately connect to. What does it ultimately connect to? Right now, I want everybody to point to their neck. It's going to drain to those nodes in the neck. And it's going to drain to the collarbone into the veins at the collarbone. And then it goes out again. And it goes like this. What does that look like under the fish tank? Filter system. So if you have tightness or tension and uh, blockages because tissues really, really tight, or you have poor posture, which tightens up tissue. And when you tighten up tissue, what do you decrease? Blood flow. Now, this is going to tie into some emotional-based work that I got into years ago when I, I was struggling and to get better from just going after physical tissue, I realized the world of emotions in relationship to chronic pain because emotions impact what? Your nervous system, right? So you can, you can be in a situation and your emotions get you worked up. You see somebody on Twitter who set you off, what happens? Fight or flight, <laughs> right? And everything tightens up. Or you have somebody in your life that's a blessing and you remove yourself from things and you calm down and then everything goes, Right? So those emotions uh, kick into play. So I came across the work of a pioneer in chronic lower back pain. He came to light years ago by helping Howard Stern with his chronic lower back pain. His name was Dr. John Sarno, S-A-R-N-O. 
You may be familiar with him. Mm -hmm. He was an early pioneer that everybody ridiculed that he was out of his mind. Great pioneers usually are. And he was contending that chronic lower back pain is because of a condition known as tension, myoneural or myositis syndrome. So tension means excess, tension myo means muscle, neuride, neural or myo means muscle and nerve syndrome means it can get you anywhere, right? And he said that happens because people have pent up emotions, particularly rage and anger, and they get tense in the abdomen. They get tense in the lower back. And when you have inflammation in the abdomen, that kicks off what they call a muscle guarding reflex. Muscles guard. And they tense up to try to what? Protect you. Right? And remember, bones don't move without muscles. Okay? And they work together. And then that tension from the rage that's sitting inside causes a decrease in blood flow. The decrease in blood flow leads to hypoxia. That's poor oxygen from hypoperfusion. Fancy word for slow flow. And when oxygen goes low, guess what shows up? Pain shows up. Right? Or you increase what? Bacteria, parasites, fungus, muck, and that increases inflammation as well. And then it stays there. So that's why the emotions you need to get a key on so I can what? Calm the system. Stay for the coolest part that I started thinking even further away. So you have decreased oxygen in your lower back, but you're going to have decreased tension and oxygen typically in your brain as well because of the positions that you're getting into when you're angry or you're trying to withdraw from the world and you curl up into tight positions to escape things. So you decrease oxygen and blood flow to the brain. And what can that do? Well, they know from neuroscience that pain actually lives in the brain. So pain is not in the tissues. Pain is an output signal from your brain, not an input signal from the body. Well, if you have decreased oxygen, you have muck in here and these hormones and these wiring and firing connections can't happen enough or they over happen in others. Maybe, just maybe, it changes your perception of pain. Because pain is 100% subjective perception. Right? That means something could be painful for you and it doesn't cause me any pain whatsoever. Pain is always, always, always based on context. So what happens if I clear the lymph and I clear the blood in through here and then your brain starts wiring and firing better and you come back and maybe you're not depressed and angry and emotional because these things can function better and you're going to get more blood flow to the front so I can use my thought processes, my reasoning processes here. And then all of a sudden your brand comes back online and then people say, dude, you're like a little happier today. You're feeling, what'd you do different? Uh, I did Perry's big six. I started working. So you look back, you're like, why did I act that way? It was something so small. Yeah. So I tell people that a lot of these things that are happening to you, don't blame yourself or think that you're broken. Your body's doing the best it can with what it's got 
in the moment it's in to heal and protect you with what's available, right? I'm just going to help you help your body by giving it more tools that it's probably been starved of for a long period of time to accomplish that task. Now, I'm not saying that when you do these things that everything's going to be unicorns and rainbows and everything repairs themselves because, listen, sometimes stuff gets broken and it goes too far beyond its ability to come back beyond a certain point. But I will contend this. You always have the potential to maybe get a little bit better because that's what the body does all the time to try to get you there. So maybe you suffer a little bit less today. Maybe you're a little less tired today. You can go a little bit longer today and you can spend more time doing what you love or spending time with the people that you love that you couldn't do yesterday. But I will tell you this. If you have the issues with the lymph flow and the blood flow and you don't do anything on purpose to help it, you're always going to be in the quicksand. So you want to remove those pieces off the chessboard. So here's the cool thing. So this is when, when I talk about, well, what actually moves the lymph fluid around? Three things. Move it. So move yourself. Get up. Move more of yourself, more often, more ways, more environment. Just go. And people say, what type of movement? Yes. That's it. <laughs> it's one of your most common answers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right? And and get variation in your movement. Do things different, okay? Then the other one is breathing. Not just any type of breathing, but breathing through your diaphragm muscle that sits below above your organs. And you can do that automatically by breathing in and out through your nose, not so much your mouth. Why? Because that changes pressure in your body, and then pressure moves what? Fluids. Okay? Pressure moves fluids, particularly the veins of the body and the lymph of the body. And the lymph also moves through its own intrinsic pump. They're called lymphangions. So lymphangions means many heart, tiny heart. And there are little valves in there. They have little small, smooth muscles because they used to think that lymph didn't have its own pump. Well, it does. Right? And it contracts and opens and contracts and opens. And it moves fluid up, traps up, traps up to keep it from backflowing back down where it came from. And it's always aiming towards the collarbone. Right. Up, up, up. Is that up, regulated up. by the, the autonomic nervous system? Yeah. Sympathetics. Sympathetics drive the um, uh, lymphatics, right? So, what can happen too is that so muscle pumps also move lymphatics, right? But the lymph also moves in and of itself. And then breathing. But sometimes those muscle pumps can get, muscles can get what? Too tight. And now I don't have room right? To expand the pump. And this is when people tell me, doc, I should be good, right? Because I breathe every day. I've been to like 500 breathing courses and I read some great books. And then I move all the time. I run, I walk, I do yoga and do all those things. And I'm like, that's great. But sometimes those are no longer enough. Why? Because your toilets are too clogged. You'd left it a bit you have long. to go in there. You, you got to unclog them. So here's an example. Let's say you do your business in your toilet and you clog it. Too much stuff in there, right? And you go to flush it because the flush should create what? Fluid coming in and a suction negative pressure to pull it out. Well, that's exactly what happens up here is that the lip 
sucks to the collarbone and they find that the heart is not so much the heart just doesn't pump blood it sucks blood to it through the veins so the heart kind of has a spiral to it not just to pump it spirals in and down like a little pump like this so it has a pushing effect and a pulling effect just like a toilet what happens if you flush the toilet and you're like "Uh oh that's not going down and what if you keep flushing it it goes towards the bowl, towards the bowl. You're like, oh, this is not going to be good, right? Like, so what would, you do to, what would you do to open that up? You're either going to snake it, you're going to stick something in there, or you're going to get a plunger. And a plunger does what? Creates the pressure. Well, when I teach you to do stuff by hand, your hands are your plunger. I'm going to go and all these toilets that you don't know are backed up, and I'm going to open them up. And when you open them up, guess what starts to move all on its own? All that stuff I just told you about for the last hour. <laughs> That's why when people do the big six movement that I teach, and you can see that on my website, you can see it on YouTube, you can see it on, it's everywhere because it's taken off like crazy because it works. And they see it and they go, at first it looks silly because I'm going to show you how to rub and slap and massage six places, but they have to be done in, very, in specific order. It doesn't work as well. And they go, that's it? That, that's all I got to do? It, it, it can't be that easy. That looks silly. Well, one, yes, it can be that easy. And who cares if it looks silly? Because you know you need to have a little fun too. But it only looks that way if you don't understand what I just told you for the last hour of anatomy, physiology, flow, how stuff works together based on fluid flow and pressure. When you understand that and you look at it, you go, oh, okay, that makes complete sense. Now mm -hmm. I know why when I do that, I feel so much better. That's why. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, 
offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. I think they're just like so shocked that it could be that simple compared to everything yeah, else. Yeah, because... The IVs, the detoxes, the million supplements a day. Well, that's the thing. People think it has to be complicated because you've struggled so long and nobody can figure it out. I'm going to tell you, most people haven't figured it out because they've missed the what Mashe Felden Christ, who taught brain-based movement, said. It's the elusive obvious. It's sitting right in front of you the whole time, but you just didn't see it because it was so simple. Here's what I know. When people have been sick or struggling, somebody has overlooked a basic and a fundamental somewhere without question, like hydration. If you don't hydrate, you will not get better, period. If you don't sleep, you will not get better, right? If you don't clear your lymph and get your blood flow moving, you will not get better. Those are big fundamentals to do. And here's what you're going to notice. When you start to clear your lymph and your blood, you'll absorb more water when you do drink it. So hydration improves. Then you'll notice that you'll sleep better at the same time because the brain cleans itself. It flushes its toilets when you sleep. And your body so will be here's less my stressed, question. If, you're, if your lymph's flowing better, you're going to have less of these chronic infections and then your body's going to be less stressed so it can sleep. Yeah. And everything like, so let's starts say, let's, to, to connect and click. Let's backtrack a minute. So how well you sleep depends on what you do with yourself during the day before you sleep. So if, you're, if your brain wants to drain itself at night when you sleep, what happens if your brain toilets are clogged? They're not going to drain. And you, you're going to struggle to sleep, right? Because you're going to send yourself into what? Fight or flight. That's what happens. So when you flush your toilets, then people say, whoa, man, I, I really slept well that night. Okay. That's the difference of drainage precedes uh, supply. Because what you'll find as well, the body's, the body's pretty smart. So the body has to deliver supplies to something. And then it uses it and it gets rid of it. If you have an area that is full of waste, full of muck, it can't take more supply because the brain's going to say, well, the body's going to say, well, I'm going to send it there, but Perry can't do anything with it. So it actually starts to decrease blood flow because there's too much muck there. Right? And then blood flow has to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear. So one area has slow blood flow. And then by contrast, through yin and yang and what they call homeostasis, then another area is going to get too much blood flow, right? And you can have pain in either place. Tissues hurt with too little blood flow, and tissues hurt because of too much 
blood flow because you have these little scent. I'm going to talk about another set of sensors in there called baroreceptors. And baroreceptors read pressure, like barometric pressure. So if pressure goes too high, you get pain. If you want to know what that feels like, talk about a pulsating headache, pressure headache. So it can happen on either place. Here's the beautiful part. When you work the big six, you open up all the major flow pipes that give you blood flow every single place in your body. All of them. From your pinky toe and your hand to the one in your foot to the middle of your back, even to your eyes, your ears, your brain, you name it. There's flow pipes that you open up. And remember I talked about before about how movement moves lymph? And you have lymph nodes in the body. Well, they gather in clusters, little communities, little tribes. And you have certain areas where more lymph nodes gather. Here's the coolest thing. The body is amazing. It puts those lymph node clusters to help movement around the primary joints of your body that are supposed to move the most. Your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your abdomen, and your upper neck. And when you sit all day and you have poor posture, guess what? You lock down. All six. All six. All day long. So when you work those six, one, two, three, four, five, six, in a specific order, that's why people say, that's the craziest thing in the world, man. Whoa. That's what happened to me. And that's what happens every single day when I get messages from people all over the world saying, I tried this. I went here. I spent thousands of dollars on that. I went through A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then when I did your thing, I noticed the biggest changes. Now I tell people that that's great. Now I want you to go back and start doing all those other things again. Yeah. And here's what you're going to notice. All those other things work better. So my lymph mojo is not designed to replace any therapy program. It's designed to accentuate it, help them. It's not an either or. It's a both. <laughs> I just it, want you to do the big six first. Put a video tutorial in the in the in the show notes. Would yeah, yeah. Or you know, I've got people time. Like, what is this? Here. Like, where am I touching and tapping and rubbing? <laughs> Well, one, I can put in the show notes, but if yeah. you have time, I don't want to yeah, take yeah, people too, too long. I'll absolutely. show them to you. Mm -hmm. I'll show them to you. There's, you know, it's growing so popular and fast because people notice so many changes with it. And if you just type in the term big six, mm -hmm. big and the number six, it'll show up somewhere. Um, the best place to see it is my website, my YouTube channel. But um, it's very simple. Before I tell you where they are, I need to explain why they are this way. Remember I talked about pressure? That like sucking of the toilet? When you're talking about fluids in the body, particularly the lymph and the veins, which are your drainage side, they drain to low pressure. So high pressure always goes towards low pressure with these fluids. The lowest pressure is at the collarbone. The lowest pressure at the collarbone. That's why you always start at the collarbone. 
Now, if we think if that's the lowest pressure, where would the highest pressure be? The furthest away from the collarbone, which is where? Your hands, your feet, and your brain. That's why they get clogged. Because when stuff can't drain through the collarbone, where does it go? Back out. So if I open up the drain here, this is spot number one. So spot number one is above and below the collarbone there. Massage there and work there the most. That's like me automatically opening up the drain in the house and then everything starts to work a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So think about it this way. You've got uh, in your house, you've got a couple of toilets, you got a shower, you got a sink. And they have all their own individual drains, right? Where are they ultimately trying to go? The drain in the street or the drain if you have a septic system. When you open up the collarbone, I just open up the drain at the street. If you play with all the other ones in here, it ain't going to do you any good if you're still blocked at the street. That makes sense. you feel worse, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. You're going to feel absolutely worse. So you always start here, number one. And then when you open number one, two through six automatically start moving better. Spot number two is in the neck. It's at the top of the neck behind the angle of the jaw on both sides right here, right where your vagus nerve comes out of your skull down your neck to your, to your belly. That's kind of big. This right here is the largest lymph node in the neck. So you rub right at the top of the neck, right behind the angle of the jaw, right there. And then your brain starts to say, Perry, this is awesome. Thank you very much. I love you. That's what it starts <laughs> to say. Because now stuff's coming down and this stuff goes where? Up. Now, spot number three is at the shoulder. Why would it be at the shoulder? Because you should move your shoulder a lot. People don't do that because they're hunched over looking at their phone all day long. They don't reach overhead or swing their arms when they walk. Because when you walk, you're supposed to swing your arms. That's why you don't walk with a phone. So it's right at the shoulder joint armpit axillary region. This is the one that becomes blocked all the time when women have breast cancer or surgical procedures and they get lymphedema down the arm. Okay. Spot number four is the belly, the whole thing from the belly button up. Right. All I have people do in that region, it's a nice little simple move from Qigong is just lightly slap your belly 50 times. You can even rub it too. Which direction? Yes. You figure it out. You make hieroglyphics. I don't care which way you go. That's the way you do it. Just don't do the abdomen before you do the shoulder. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So now you go to the hip, the crease of the groin right there, right where you get a crease when you sit for your pants. That's a big place because they're called inguinal lymph nodes. And that's where the blood flow goes all the way down to your leg from your belly. You rub both sides right there or you slap it and tap it like we show you. And then number six is behind the knee called popliteal. That's a big trap point. When that gets blocked, you get puffiness and swelling in the calf and the feet and the ankles. And you'll usually get pain behind the hamstring or you'll get sciatic issues down the back of your leg. So you rub and slap behind your knee. They call that the magic back point in acupuncture where if you slap the back of your knee, your lower back usually feels better. Why do you think that is now? Because it just opened up the flow to and from your back, right? Then after you open up those drains, I want to move them. All I want you to do is close your mouth, breathe in and out through your nose, <clears throat> jump up and down a little bit on the balls of your feet like you're doing a little bit of a trampoline, 
don't jump off the ground because most people are not used to controlling their own body weight and they can hurt their knees, their ankles, or their back. Just bounce like a little, little bit cough, like that. Cough, raise. Yeah, cap pump. Yeah. Right? So the cap is called your second heart in Eastern medicine because it pumps blood back towards the heart and it gets those valves down below to push stuff up. And then you're moving all the fluid in your body and your organs are going to go bing, 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 up upside down. And everything's going to start moving around. Okay. And you can do that every single day of your life for the rest of your life. But I'm going to give you a caveat here. Two things. Do not do big six if you are not drinking water. Mm -hmm. You have to be dehydrated. You have to be hydrated. So make sure you drink a glass of water or two before you do it and then throughout the day. Do not do it if you're constipated. Because if you're constipated and I get all that muck moving around, you can't poop the waste out. Right. Do you find that some Maybe people, the, though, like when they work on the, the lymph, it helps the constipation? It can. It's a double-edged yeah. sword there. Okay. So here's the thing. Most people are constipated because they're dehydrated or they're stuck in fight or flight. So if you could drink the water, right, maybe that'll start to help you poop. And some people, when they work limp, help some poop. However, you have to keep this in mind. Whenever you're full of muck and you're full of waste, it's been sitting there for a while and you got to stir it up. And when stuff finds its way from the interstitial fluid, it's the fluid between the cells. As soon as that goes into the lymph node and the lymph, immune system kicks in. So you're going to be sending a lot of muck into those lymph nodes and your immune system is going to go, holy cow, guys, we got to kill like a lot of stuff. Mm. And you get what's called a detoxification reaction. Some people call it Hertzmeyer reaction, where you feel way worse before you feel better. You feel tired, fatigued, lethargic. I want you to plan that your skin might break out and look pretty bad because the skin also has a lot of limp in it. Um, you might feel pretty crappy when you first start doing this, especially if you've been sick for a long time or you have an autoimmune disease, but people can still get it even though they think they feel great. Here's the thing I'm trying to tell you. One, I don't want you to get nervous or freak out if it happens because it's normal. It just sucks to go through it. But I say a phrase all the time, better out than in. Think about this logically. Remember earlier in the podcast, we talked about a sledgehammer. If you get a reaction like that, I do not, do not want you to do big six again until you start to feel a little bit better. It could be a day. It could be two days. It could be a week. Why do I don't want you to do it again? Because I'm, it's like me swinging the sledgehammer again at you right away. And I'm going to overload your nervous system and your immune system. And you're going to feel worse, which actually prolongs your healing process. Right? Little and often over the long haul. It may take you several weeks to get this under control. If you've been sick for years, it's going to take you several months, right? But it's just to know you should begin to do it. So do the big six and then stop. Don't do it more than once a day in the beginning. So let's say you did the big six and the next day you say, doc, that felt amazing. I feel like a hashtag beast mode monster. Well then, okay, great. You can do it again. And then they say, can I do it a second time during the day? Sure. Give it a go. Unless 
when you do it the second time, you don't feel good. That's your body telling you, hey, uh, Perry, how about you go back to one? Mm -hmm. I don't like two. I may let you get to two, mm -hmm. but not yet. Right. And if you can do that every single day, then this is what people say, Doc, should I do it in the morning? Should I do it in the afternoon? Should I do it at night? It's up to you. Whatever. Go with your first gut instinct intuition first. Trust yourself. Right? I have people that love to do it in the morning because that's when your limp is the most stagnant because you've been sleeping all night. You haven't been moving. Right. But so think about that back when I said before. You can't get your rings on. and Yeah, you're a little yeah. puppy. And people usually have like full body stiffness, tightness. Mm -hmm. That's usually a sign of clogged lymphatics. And you do that in the morning. And then, I mean, you, you feel like a superstar during the day, right? Some people like to do it at night before they go to sleep because it primes their body up. But other people, it wakes them up. Mm -hmm. But I want you to go by what, you feel works best for you and it's okay if you do it in the morning one time and you do it at night the other time i just do don't it. want you to ever do forget the non -negotiable. on a regular basis yeah the only non-negotiable is one two three four five six hmm. you don't do six five four three two one so this is very important as well that i tell people i don't want you to start dry brushing or doing any lymphatics from your hands and your feet up until you do the big six first. Do the big six first, clean your big pipes, and then you can go back and go from your foot up. You can go from your hands up. And this is when people say, Doc, how come you didn't show me anything on the back of the body? Here's my answer. You can do the back of the body if you want to. First of all, it's kind of hard to reach. But the back of the body always flows towards the big six in the front. So if you open up the big six, guess what the back automatically does? It comes along naturally, right? And that's one of the reasons people have pain in the middle of the back, pain in the lower back, pain in the back of the head. And where does everybody treat when the back of the head hurts and the mid-back hurts and the low back hurts? Where does everybody go? Those areas. Well, they go right to where it hurts. Yeah. Over and over and over. And what do they do to it? Ice, heat, stem, you know, whatever kind of tool you laser, you name it. Right. And that's good. But then I'm going to ask you a simple question. Where does the blood flow to your back of your head, the middle of your back and your low back come from? You should be pointing to the front of your body. And then I'm going to say, where does all that inflammation and waste that you're trying to get away from your back go to? You better be pointing to the front of your body. So how about I open up the front first so the back has all it needs to work with? You're going to get a different outcome there is what you're going to get. You're just always thinking like one step before, whereas a lot of people are like, this is a problem. Let's just hyper-focus on that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's where stop chasing pain came from. Hmm. Right? I want you to treat pain. So I want you to go to where it hurts and then you can do something to where it hurts because first of all, it, it feels pretty good. So I'm going to calm your nervous system down. And 
if I'm a practitioner and I treat where it hurts, it shows on my side, one, that I'm listening to what you're telling me and I know where it hurts and I'm showing you some empathy here, which is also healing. Okay. But I know something they don't know yet is that there's always another place. Mm-hmm. And that's why in my world, I'm always going to release the big six first in conjunction with um, going where it hurts. Yeah, just getting them on board, showing them like this stuff works and get them feeling a little bit of relief. And then they're like, I'll do anything that you'll, you say after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what pain does to you. Mm. Eventually it opens up your mind to new things and different possibilities because you've exhausted everything else up to that point that's supposed to work. Now, when people come in to see me, they don't come to see me first. They come to see me last, which means you've tried everything that should have worked or has worked for others. And sometimes they work for people and then they're good. That's awesome. Okay. And maybe they worked for a little bit, but it came back or it worked and then it's even worse or didn't do anything at all. Then what do you do? Then you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go to this crazy Dr. Perry guy of what he's talking about. I don't really understand it yet, but I've tried everything else, man. I'll give it a go. At that point, you open up your mind. And then when you do it, that's why it's so simple. And one of the reasons I made Big Six so simple is because I didn't want to overwhelm people with that's too complicated or I don't have the time to do that or they're intimidated that they can't do it, right? So if I get you to eat just like a little little bit, and I'm going to have feed you a little piece of the cake, oh, that's good, right? Then, then I'm going to come back and I want a big piece. So that's why we do the big six. That's just the beginning. That's step one. That's learning your A, B, C, D, E, F, G alphabet. Then you progress to more complicated things. And that's where there's different layers to the lymphatic work. And you can do more lymph work to people. And you can go deep in the body to the organs that usually have lymph stagnation and stuff like that. And before you know it, you're off of your ABCs. And the next thing you know, you're reading Shakespeare because now you're good. Most people, unfortunately, when they try to get better, they start off with Shakespeare. And you don't, you don't even know what the hell you just read, <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't get it. Right? So when you flip those things around, and it's about empowering people to do things for themselves, to change their body, change their life, stay with vitality and joy and you can't cure pain because that implies that you're never going to get it again. You can only manage pain. So how about you manage not to have it as often or not as intense? Okay, Because pain, pain is always a protective mechanism from your body. It's not a punishment from your body. Now, people can inflict pain on you all the time for punishment. I'm talking about your own body. It's always their protective response to try to keep you from suffering more than you can. So here's my definition of pain. Pain is a request for change. That's your body asking you to change something. Change what? 
I don't know the answer to that question. I just know it better be different than what you're doing now. Usually it's going to be your habits and your behaviors. So here's where I'm going to throw it in. How about you change and add big six to your life? That's pretty good change. Yeah, it's free, probably take less than five minutes, accessible to everyone. So definitely start there if you're not already doing it. Yeah, and then I have a novel idea. Put on some music when you do it. Put on your favorite song. Sing a little bit when you do it. Or you know, go out on this thing called the earth and stand on it with bare feet and breathe in fresh oxygen. Do it at the morning sunrise so you get nice healing spectrum of light. And Andrew Huberman talks about that all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, holy cow, that's like nature. Yeah, you just like right? upgraded it another 10 times. Yeah, or I like to get different songs in, and then I rub or tap my big six to the beat, you know? And and then so the that gives you... You're like a crazy yeah. person, but... Yeah, do it. <laughs> you know what? I bet you if you did that at the club, it, you'd see that viral in a second. <laughs> I bet you would, you know? But that's the Viral for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But you're also laughing mm. and not taking so many things in relationship to healthcare and medicine. So seriously, I read it. I read a great quote somewhere. I can't remember who said it, but he said, there's zero correlation between appearing to be serious and actually being good at what you do. Hmm. Which means just because something looks silly or you're having a little fun or stuff like that, it doesn't mean that one, it won't work or two, that the person teaching it to you isn't really wicked smart. Right, because it's it probably going to be more effective around. if you're going into it like with also the energy of joy and love and gratitude and happiness, as opposed to just another thing I have to do, cross off my list. I'm really sick of this. This is too hard. Like that negative energy, just as it is, is gonna gonna be harmful. Negative energy is right. I I, I read something once by a guy I was studying who uh, teaches about the brain and how it learns. And he said, if you wanted to design an environment that was the complete opposite of how the human brain was designed to learn, you would create the modern day educational classroom. It's the opposite. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you wanted to create an environment that's set up for a connection and healing and recovery, it would be your modern medical establishment. Though they're really good at saving your life, but saving your life, that's surviving. Chronic disease and chronic pain, that's called thriving. Mm -hmm. That's a different environment entirely. And if you've been in the muck, in the quicksand, or adrift at sea, feeling like you're drowning with chronic pain and autoimmune disease, I've been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what it is. Okay? And that's the way you find your way towards emotion-based work. You find your way towards somatic-based work getting in touch with your body from the inside. It's called interoception, inside of the body, as well as outside. And then you re-examine your life on the relationships that you have with yourself with uh, at home or at work. And you, know, you cannot get well in the same environment you became ill with then, which is a quote that I say all the time. I can't remember who said it. But remember, it's not just your external environment. It's the internal environment. And I'm going to ask you one last trick question. 
what controls the health of the internal environment of your body. This is when people say length. length. <laughs> so if I can get the internal cleaned up and then you can do your heavy lifting on the outside. But here's the cool part. Many people don't have the energy. They don't have the strength to remove themselves from the outside. Right? Because you're tired. Kind of think straight, then they're not going to think about the relationships or the trauma. They're just going to like reserve, preserve that energy to try and just heal and yeah. get through the next day. One of the most energetically expensive things in the body is detoxification, waste management. So here's what's going to happen to you, because it happened to me. When you start to clear the muck and you get the waste out, and blood flows better, and lymph flow flows better. Nerves come back online. The brain comes back online. You start to get energy back. Now, maybe just maybe, you finally have the strength to overcome what seems like too big of a dragon on the outside. Mm -hmm. You do both. Mm -hmm. You do both. Yeah, that is typically the hardest work, and that's why people will do anything any supplement, any protocol, any diet, they're like, just tell me what to do. But when you start to mention maybe the relationships or the fact that they hate their job um, or where they live, that's when they're like, I can't do it. It's too, it's too much. But that sometimes yeah. is the, the most important thing that they need to do. But if you're, if yeah. you're in bed and you can't function and you can barely like walk across the street, then don't jump to that stuff first because that's just going to take a lot of energy to process. You said you need energy to detox, yes, physically, but also emotionally to, to get rid of those emotions out of the body too. Yeah. Well, then you then you go into the world of emotions and you know, where do emotions live? Well, many people will tell you emotions live everywhere. They they live in the tissues. They reside in the tissues. They're gonna reside in your brain, right? I mean, your your brain is there to process what happens to you. you know, stuff comes into the brain and the brain it's like a scrapbook and it tells itself a story and usually based on the story that you told yourself the last time, because it's, it's less metabolically expensive to do the same thing you did yesterday as opposed to something new. Let's and then an you get an output. Yeah. And, and then your output comes out. What's the output? Well, that's what your life is. Right? So if you want to change the output, uh, you change the input, but then you have to change what happens in the middle. And it's much easier to change what happens in the middle when your brain is not living in toxic toilet milk. I'll tell you that much. So many times, as I tell people, it's not your fault that you don't have the strength to change and you keep beating yourself up that you're not strong enough to do it. You just don't have the energy to do it. Yeah. So what if I increase your energy? Here's my next question. How are you going to increase energy? Well, I could put fuel in. But I need to make sure that I'm going to fix the pump that takes it from the gas station, puts it into my damn car. And that's what I just told you to do. Blood and lymph. Get the junk out first. Oh, yeah. Remember that? You should write this down on a card and put it up somewhere. You know, drainage precedes uh, mm -hmm. supply. Mm -hmm. So I have a gut course that I'm teaching. I'm coming up this weekend. I've never taught a gut course before. The only reason I did is because everybody started asking me if I had, what do you think about gut stuff? <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, well, I'll put something together. So I have a four hour 
workshop. And and what I, what I discovered through gut stuff is what I showed you before is that everybody is talking about nutrition and supplementation, and that's good. I would like for you to not eat crap food, and I would like for you to take some supplements because usually you can't get what you need from crap food, and it's very hard to get it from even quote-unquote good food because you have to think to yourself, what did they do to the food before it went into my mouth? And where is it that you're eating it on this earth? If you're in the United States, finding good food is virtually impossible. It's like finding a unicorn because <laughs> it's sprayed with everything and glyphosate <laughs> and chemicals and you name it. It could last 500 years like a Twinkie. <laughs> and, and so they're going in there and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But I have people that have tried that and tried that and tried that. And sometimes they're taking 25 pills, 30 pills. And it's almost like a medical doctor giving you 15 different medications, but it's a supplement. And it, it, it doesn't really work. Or if it did, it stops. That's what happened to me. So then all I did was I'd use that. That's the supply side. Then um, I went to the drainage side, opened that up first. And then all of a sudden, holy cow, it was really, I, was, I had another analogy that happened recently. You remember when we, uh, at least in the United States, we had, I don't know about any place else for a while, there was a supply chain logistical nightmare around the world where <clears throat> they had so much supply coming in, but the on the United States off the coast, they had like 150 ships with stuff just chilling there. But they couldn't offload it and get it on trucks to deliver it to the store that needed it. Well, that's exactly the same thing that happens with what mm -hmm. I just told you. Everybody's putting all this stuff in and your body's like, hey, man, that's freaking great. But guess what? I can't deliver that to the cell over here that needs it, right? To your pancreas or your liver or your toe, right? But it's going to a Walmart or Target or wherever, Okay. So what you have to do is, it's not about stacking up the other side. Open up the transport chain there. And then the other stuff just comes on in. And then people go, you know what? That makes a whole heap of sense. I'm like, I know it does. Because that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. The body is complex. It's not complicated. Mm -hmm. Humans make it complicated. And it's... it's I feel like angry that we're not taught this. I don't want I don't want the energy of anger. So I'll just say it's a right. tad annoying that even at the nutrition school that I studied and all the functional medicine world, the holistic health practitioners, it's still not well known. And this could have saved me and my clients, a lot of people listening, so much time, energy, stress, and gotten so many years of our lives back if we would have known about this sooner. So Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, you ever it's see a little bit frustrating, but if yeah, if you didn't know at the time, then you can't you can't change that. So it's just about taking action from today onwards, and yeah, starting this daily practice. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? You ever see that movie, The Matrix? Mm -hmm. Well, you just saw The Matrix, <laughs> and once you see The Matrix, you can't unsee The Matrix. Now you know. Oh, is it there in front of me the whole time? Right. Then everything starts to make sense. And then when you start to look at things through that lens, 
then you really start to think about, should I do this before I do that? Or maybe I should do that before I do this. I shuffle mm -hmm. it around. Mm -hmm. Then your outcome is totally different. It's like playing chess. I move my pawn over here. That's a different game. And if I move that over here, right? Yeah, makes sense. First move decides the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a few more questions for you if you've got another five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, knew, I knew we probably wouldn't like we keep it to an hour. You said you do these full eight hour. I do that right lectures, from the get-go. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, I was like every time you said something, I was like, Oh, I have a question, I have a question. And that was so good. Yeah. And I just feel like your way of educating is so entertaining even and that's just going to help and it's like a breath of fresh air in this world honestly so thank, thank you for you. that um i appreciate that in terms of chinese medicine they you, you've spoke about how definitely emotions can contribute to like the lower back pain but do you see any common patterns like with the energy and organ connection in chinese medicine so for example like the stomach is connected to worry um the um, the bladder is connected to fear. Do you see pain in particular areas being related to specific emotions? Yeah, you certainly can. I mean, I've studied some, you know, that's in Qigong a lot. If people know what Qigong is, it's a form of uh, Eastern medicine movement geared towards more of a medical approach. That's been very helpful for me. And they talk a lot about uh, organs storing different types of emotions for instance the the liver is anger and rage for instance you know and the, the lungs can be grief mm. and sorrow i hear and each organ has its own zone that it can go to i think the most important takeaway is that emotions can be stored in the tissue and in in the brain because they, they always work together right but the one thing I've learned a long time ago is another thing that I say, the human body is under no obligation to make sense to you. And I got that from listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson once talk about the universe when he said, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. It's doing its thing. It doesn't care whether you understand it or not. It's the same thing with the body, right? Uh, which means this, the body can store what it wants, when it wants, wherever it wants, and you may never figure out why. And you just better be okay with that. Because if not, you're going to drive yourself bananas. Right? I just want you to realize that it's always doing it with one purpose in mind. Helping you survive and not die. Right? When you can look at the body that way, things make a lot more sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. I will tell you this. What I find most of the um, emotions, um, trauma, shock, uh, or shame, that's called it shameflation. You ever heard of that term, shameflation? They found the research that shame causes inflammation in the body. That's how you think about yourself, or more importantly, how someone told you how you should think about yourself. Society, right? I'm not tall enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm too heavy, too thin, body, 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 you know? Um. So all of those things cause you tension in the body, right? And here's what I've discovered. 
most of the tension, trauma, and shock is held in the front of the body, particularly in your abdomen, all over the abdomen. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's interesting. Why might that be? So let's think about this for a second. Right? This is how my brain thinks. When you're in a life-threatening situation or under a threat, you've got a couple of options there. Yeah. Let's say somebody's confronting you in a fight. The smart play is don't fight. Run. Because if you do fight, you might get hurt and you might die anyway later. <laughs> right? So that's why they tell you when you're skilled at fighting, try not to fight. So you run. You escape. So let's say that you can't get away. Uh, I could shut down. Right? Let me just play dead. That's it. It's called a freeze response. You see it in animals all the time where the possum plays dead and it hopes that whatever's trying to eat me moves on because the lion thinks it's dead. And it gives it a chance to run away. And humans do that too, where they just shut down and they pull themselves away from the world and you, you know they, they disconnect. Another option is confrontation. Like, uh, I'm going to fight. Right? And that's the fight or flight one. And that's what people pull into. So let's say you're fighting and you're trying to fight back and you're putting up a good fight, but then, uh-oh, I can't escape anymore. I got to keep fighting, but I'm losing. If someone's beating on you, what body position would you get into to try to protect yourself? Like hunched over. You get close to the ground. You'd like... Curl into a ball. Yes. You get into what's called a fetal position. Mm. And the belly comes in on itself. The head comes forward. And what do you do with your hands? They come up around the eyes and the face or the ears, depending on where you're trying to hit me. Usually they'll go here. Okay. Because the eyes are more important to survival than the ears because your brain uses vision more than anything else to orient itself in the world. Okay. So I thought to myself, holy cow, nobody taught me to do that. I naturally go there as a self-protective response so I don't die. And I'm like, why would the body do that? Hmm. Because when you come forward, what do you leave open for me to pound on all day long? The back. Your back, mid-back. Back of your head, right? Unless you can protect it. Maybe there's some really important stuff on the front of your body. And it is. Because if I take out your throat, you're dead fast. If I take out your mouth, you can't eat. You're dead fast. If I take out your eyes, you can't see much and you're going to die sooner than somebody who can see. Heart and abdomen, you're pre-programmed to protect at all times. Right? Because that's the precious cargo there. And then I want to protect the groin. You don't want a groin hit either. <laughs> so that told me one thing. The most important part of your body overall to your survival is the front, not the back. So if I want to help you get better faster, where should I go? The front of the back, the front. Mm -hmm. And then I asked myself, where do most people complain of physical pain? Back. Back of the head. 
mid back, low back, all that. Okay? But they don't feel it in the front. So for me, this is how I think about it. Most of those emotions are going to be held along the front side of the body, particularly from your sternum down, big time, big time, right? And those are also where your chakra points live. And if I can free up the front, because when I can free up the front and you feel safe now, how do you stand? Tall, lean, mean, competent, head pulls back, shoulders come back. You're walking like you're supposed to walk. I'm like shifting right? my posture as you're saying this. <laughs> yeah, because if if you were being attacked by somebody and you opened up your head and I opened up my arms and I said, okay, let's fight. You're dead. You're done. Right? So what I'm trying to tell you is if I can make the front of your body feel safe, back of your body comes along for the ride. But here's what I also noticed in my practice, and I was guilty of it for many, many years. Most people start on the backside. That's what I did as a chiropractor. I'm all about the back. That's where the spine is. Now what I do is I always start in the front. And I check the front. And here's what I find 100% of the time. There's places on the body that hurt you way more than the pain you're complaining of on your back. You just didn't know it hurt. Why? Because your body's too focused on the one in the back. Because the brain can only pay attention to one pain at a time. But this is the big takeaway. You only consciously knew that it hurt when I touched it. So let's say, for instance, your sternum. Most people are like, hey, my sternum's good. And I don't have any pain there. I'm like, okay, well, let's check. Then I'm going to stick my finger right there. And most people want to punch me square in the face because it hurts like hell. And they go, ah, oh, ah, that really hurts, man. I had no idea. See, now they have the idea, but here's the takeaway. You have a conscious mind and you have a subconscious mind, right? They know that 10% of your habits and your behaviors and your life is conscious driven, like you're aware of it. 90%, you've got no idea it's happening, but that's what's ruling your life. Okay. So your brain always knows stuff is there, even though you don't. That's my joke, right? Your brain knows it, but you don't. Okay. So your brain and your nervous system has always known for who knows how many weeks or months that your sternum is a hot mess of pain and inflammation. And that's a stress. And you have to move differently in order to try to protect that. You just don't feel it. That's the compensation. That's an adaptation. And then that stress is adding up, adding up, adding up, adding up, adding up. Then all of a sudden, body can't compensate anymore. It hit its limit. It's called an allostatic load. It's the load of how much stress you can take before you break. Is that similar to like my chiropractor would say, even if you had something wrong with your left shoulder, 
it's if your like your hips are off, then you'll start to stand differently, and then you'll like throw like your upper back off. So it could be something up here that's due to something in your lower body. And I think feel like that's exactly. what doesn't make sense to people. But yeah, after, after this conversation, body... it makes complete sense. Yeah, and because your body is always you know turning stuff and twisting stuff and doing things to try to offload areas that have tightness or tension and discomfort, right? That's what compensation is. But eventually it, it runs out of options. Those are all solutions to a problem, right? But it's supposed to do that. But you can only hold so many compensations in the compensation bucket. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I don't have enough room in my bucket anymore and then it overflows and that's when you say uh my shoulder was good yesterday it's not good today what's up with that yeah people think that's when it starts yeah and they say they they equate it to i played tennis yesterday mm -hmm. and the tennis hurt my elbow no it didn't it just added on top of the hot mess you were before or long before you swung the dragon right and so yeah, that's why you have to look at all areas of the body, not just where it hurts. Okay? Because I know for stuff to stick long term, I have to go out for the 90% of stuff, not the 10%. And when people come in to see me, you know, finding the side of pain is easy. They're going to point to it, for goodness sakes. I mean, what's hard about that? And you can do something to it, and very often it feels better, and sometimes it might actually resolve, which is great. But if it doesn't, you know, and you're on visit three, five, 10, 15, that's not it. Unless something's really broken there that you're ignoring or you missed, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes that happens. And Listen, sometimes you need surgery because it's too far gone, right? You're not going to come see me for lip work when your arm's hanging off. Right? But what I'll tell you is this. You better see me after you put that arm back on is what I'm telling you. Like a hip replacement even. Like that can completely get rid of the pain. But the reason that you maybe developed the arthritis to begin with and to help you recover from the surgery and to prevent other joints from going out of whack in future, then yeah. you need the length and the blood flow to be right. Yeah, because that's what I'm going to ask you. Why is your left hip arthritic and your right one's not? They're the same age, right? One, I'm going to tell you that that's probably compensating for something else somewhere else. Or in my world, that means that hips had poor blood flow for probably decades. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you work the lymph and the blood flow before your surgery so you can recover faster after your surgery, right? And then you get better results in the end because if you if you have a lot of muck in your system and your lymph flow and your blood flow is poor before surgery, how do you think it's going to be after you wake up from surgery? With it's not going to be any better. medications and stress. I'll tell you this much, though. It's not going to be better because I just added what to the body? A scar? trauma stress and puts you in fight or flight even more and then that's gonna be another thing in your bucket and then that's when later on you say holy cow my right hip is killing me now the opposite side hurts 
Well, you didn't clean your fist tank, man. It's going to show up somewhere mm-hmm. eventually. And usually it's going to show up in an area where you had an injury in the past or you have an area that you have shame associated with it or your most vulnerable area that you've got. Mm-hmm. It'll usually pop up there because it's it it's it's easier to go there than to another place that's really, really strong, right? So the, the whole idea is what I said before is that you you cannot separate the physical body from the emotional body, the mental body, however you want to say it, and you cannot separate the brain from the body structures below, right? Because it's not just about the brain either, right? Because the, the same brain that you're trying to change it also needs blood flow some practitioners and people now they're like just use the power of your mind and meditation which is all amazing and there are some people who have spontaneous remissions from like really end of life conditions and they they recover and they use the power of the brain but i always think like there must be something physical going on and it's amazing that you've got you've got better but we don't want to trick our brain into thinking that everything's okay when it's, when it's actually not. Yeah. That's also a big reason why people who say, you know, I've really given the talk therapy a chance and tried some of the somatic stuff and many different things. And some will say it didn't work at all. Or some say they they really struggled with it or it didn't help. It doesn't mean that they're not helpful because they're wonderful. They can, make a big difference and save a person's life from the abyss. But that's the person who has a more of a, uh, the physiological type issues with the muck and the inflammation and the blood flow and the, the cytokines, those immune system protein cells that cause uh, inflammation. And you you'll find it very difficult to talk your way out of that one. So I have a novel idea. How about you do both? Mm. How about you do both? There's a term that I came across a while ago um, by an individual named Brian Tuckey, who's a very brilliant physical therapist. And he had a research paper and he uh, coined a term called uh Interstitial inflammatory stasis as a cause for chronic pain. And the basic premise is this. Uh, what's stasis mean? No movement, right? Like stagnation. Think about water and nature. I got a stagnant pool or I got a nice flowing stream. Which one's going to get disease most likely? Uh, the stagnant. You drink out of that, you're probably going to die. What's inflammatory mean? Inflammation. What's interstitial mean? The fluid between the cells. So what they're saying is this. When the uh, fluids between the cells become stagnant, the interstitial becomes stagnant, it causes inflammation. Inflammation barrages the nervous system and the brain and the immune system, and then you get pain. And 
if you don't clear up the stagnation, guess what keeps coming back over and over and over? The inflammation, right? So that's why you have to do these big six, do your massages, do these things, open up space, decrease tension, increase flow, so the body can get rid of that muck and heal and recover. I just want you to know, I don't want you to just, here's the takeaway. Don't just start indiscriminately rubbing body parts because it feels good, right? You can do that, but only in my world, do big six and then rub everything else you want afterwards. If you just do that, life changer. Yeah. Absolute life mm -hmm. changer and you do have more advanced courses and trainings don't you if they start with the big six give it at least a month and oh yeah i can guarantee yeah. you're going to see some some improvements you might have to go a little bit slowly and have a little break if it's if it's too much and it's causing too much of a detox response but then i know you have like one for the head and neck um yeah you have like ab abdominal ones you're even talking about the role of the tongue and breathing now so there's so many more that's just the the intro step but everyone needs to be doing the intro step <laughs> yeah lymph comes first for sure that's the first click of the domino down yeah we have a lot of mojo classes and people say why did you use the word mojo well one i just love the word and I'm a big fan of Austin Powers movies, so he <laughs> uses the word mojo all the time. But mojo means magic. Right? And I use it because it, it's the magic of healing. It's the magic of and miracle of the human body. And it's also the magic is sometimes I don't have an explanation for why the stuff that I teach works. I try to give you the, the science and the physiology, at least in the moment I'm in, of why I think it works. I may be right. I may be wrong. I mean, that's the way science works. And then sometimes I got no idea. It's just the way it is, right? Um, so that's why I use the word mojo. And yeah, we've got about eight different classes from the gut to the tongue to the blood flow, from the lymph flow to the brain, the specific one for um, brain inflammation as well. And they're designed for any person. You don't have to be a healthcare professional or, or some PhD to take the classes. I make it available for all people taking complicated terms and breaking them down into plain English, but more importantly, things you can do for yourself or to other people if you're licensed to do so, to be able to help them with the mojos. And that they all, if you take one, you'll see that they all feed into each other and they all connect to each other. And something that I'll show you in one course, I may be showing you in another course, but I may be showing you how to do that thing in one course at a different time in another one. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like mm -hmm. it's not just what you do. It's when you do it, that matters. That's like the chess piece. When I choose to move something makes a difference on what happens next. It's the same thing with that one. And um, you can get that stuff on my website, Stop Chasing Pain. If you want to learn from me, there's many different ways from ton of free content on my social media platforms. I'm on like everyone. And uh, 
we have memberships, we have webinars, we have workshops. I mean, there's something for everybody, depending on how much you want to go into it. And of course, you know, whatever your um, financial situation is, is there, we give easy access to a lot of different things. So that's probably the number one place you want to go to check stuff out. And I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to be pretty busy. <laughs> learning some stuff and i know you've been on many other podcasts as well so there's on youtube yeah apps, I mean, like many other conversations type, like this if you type in perry nicholson there's a lot of stuff's going to show up uh hopefully all the good stuff shows up first <laughs> and i've had my own podcast for 15 years i've been doing podcasts for a long time even before everybody was doing them so i like to learn and i like this to talk to different people because I don't, maybe I'm missing something too, right? Or, or see a different perspective on something and I'll go, ah, that's a really good point. So I, I interview other people on that standpoint as well. But uh, I think at this stage of the game, my main goal is not just about teaching you different techniques or exercises or moves, you know. Um, there's a ton of those, right? My main goal is to try to get people to think differently, kind of the Apple thing, think different, see differently um, about their body and about healing. Because when you have that way of thinking, all that sea of billions of exercises and billions of things that you see out there that you could do, now it makes more sense of where you might want to do it and why you might want to do it. Because otherwise, it's such an overload that people don't even know what to do anymore because there's just endless things to do or everybody tells you something different. All right? do this don't do that here's the dirty little secret the reason there's a reason that that is everybody's body is different in a way because it's attached to a different human being uh who's carrying it around so my back program might not work because it's my back it's supposed to your back right so that's where you have to take into consideration however there's one thing that I do know. <laughs> Remember we talked about basics and fundamentals? They apply to everything, which means... It's like a basic, how a basic human body functions. Yeah. Like, I don't care which exercise you choose to use because they all work. I just want you to know fundamental principle, lymph flow, blood flow, calm the nervous system down, then do you move? If you get those basic, because those are non-negotiables, every single person has those three things in common. All the other stuff, that's negotiable, right? And how you choose to move the flow is also a technique. So what I mean by that is this. I want you to release the big six and then people say, how? Here's my answer. Yeah. Like you can rub it. You can put a suction cup on it. You can do a gua sha tool on it. You can do a brush on it. Those are techniques. 
I'm just trying to teach you one, two, three, four, five, six. That's the goal. I read somewhere that nothing is more terrifying than the idea of unlimited possibilities. It's like standing in the aisle trying to buy toothpaste and you have 500 brands of toothpaste. You don't know which one to do, right? Decision fatigue. Yeah, and guess what? What does overwhelming possibilities create for people? Stress. Hmm. Right? Stress. And that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid. But if you start with my three things, get your autonomics under control, calm your nervous system down. One of the best ways you can do that is through controlling your breathing. Number two, move your blood flow on the lip. What's the best way you can do that when you first start? Big six. Start there. Then everything else afterwards, you can negotiate along the way. The First rule of progress is keep showing up, keep doing it. I feel like what you're just saying is like getting back to basics, not overlooking the foundational, seemingly like simple, too good to be true um, type techniques, but also listening to your intuition with all of the other things, like what feels best in terms of movement patterns and what supplements and what diet is best. I feel like those two skills as well, um, can have a knock-on effect on the rest of your life, not just for your health. So I'm really glad that you you bring it back down to the basics. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for all of your time and your wisdom and your knowledge. As a practitioner, um, this has been one of the best like conversations that I've ever had on the podcast after oh. almost four years of doing this now, but also as a, a former chronic illness sufferer, um, thank you for like continually sharing this information and you're so humble um, with the knowledge that you have. This is life-changing and I'm sure you get messages all day, every day of people healing and success stories and all of that. But yeah, I just want to like acknowledge all of the work that you do and everything that you um, create and put out there and just the way that you present it as well is just entertaining and you're just so relatable as well and you obviously empathize having been there as a, a former chronic illness chronic pain sufferer it totally like shows with with the way that you share this information so I, oh. i've enjoyed the past two hours that we spent together i'm gonna go and stretch have my glass of water do my big six because i've not done that this morning maybe go for a nice walk outside um and yeah i feel like everyone is gonna want to follow you and I hope that they start today with the, the lymphatic stuff. And yeah, please don't overlook this because I've seen, even with my clients implementing this over the past year or so, it, it is a game changer. Um, so just to recap, best place to find you is Stop Chasing Pain. Um, is that .com? And then social media at Stop Chasing Pain. I'll link all of that in the show notes and any other videos and the Big Six tutorial, I'll definitely put that in there as well. Um, any final words? No, just nope. first of all, to say... To <laughs> You've say, already shared yeah. a lot, and my, yeah. I learned so much as well, and that is that is um, always a win for me yeah. when I have these people on. I, I want to pick your brains a little bit, ask you the questions that I want to know, because I know that this is going to help other people too. So, yeah, you're just so gener generous with all of your information. I can tell you just want to help people, which is the best sign of a practitioner. 
Uh, well, thank you so very much. I had a wonderful time. I can't believe it went by so fast. I, I know. What they call the flow state. Yeah, yeah. You've ever been in there <laughs> where it goes just like that. Uh, you're such a delight. I had a wonderful time on the show. And thank you to uh, all of your listeners and people that are tuning in. I'm truly grateful. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app, as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one consultation packages if you want my top level support, then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.